It is good to be back with you all. Uh, it's kind of weird, you know, being away for so long. And this is a New Year's sermon uh, on January 23rd. So uh, that's how it goes. It's January 23rd. It's also my son's birthday. So if you see Jay, yeah, right on. He's not in here, but the sentiment is noted. See him, say happy birthday, okay? That'd be very nice. Um, but I sit here, kind of this New Year's idea, and I want to just say 2021 was complicated, right? A little complicated. So much was going on, so many moving parts. And today I want to just remind you, you probably don't remember this. You, don't, you probably don't remember every sermon I ever preached. But last year, about this time, I preached a sermon called Thriving. And today we're talking about thriving again. Okay, think just for a few minutes about last year. Think back with me where we were this time last year. Okay, where we're sitting right now? Looked like this. Well, this is the foyer, but you get the idea, okay? Halfway painted. There's stuff all over the place. I could have nightmares about this if I tried, okay? You see the red carpet? We don't have that anymore, okay? Um, you see just different, you, we have these, these lifts everywhere, right? They're painting these high walls. And of course, that floor. Yes, that floor is gone, unfortunately. Not really. I love this. It looks great. Um, but last year, we were not meeting in here. We were actually meeting outside, right? And this is one of my favorite pictures because it was raining out. It was windy out. And we were above, sitting under tents, right? And it was kind of fun. But I don't ever want to go back to that, okay? I'm not, I, I, it, was, it was always fun because there would be times where I'd like turn my back to everybody so the wind wasn't blowing all of my stuff all over the place. And one time, a tent actually attacked Linda. She's not here this morning. But we were just sitting there, and all of a sudden, the tent collapsed, and like Linda was a goner, okay? It was, it was, it was kind of crazy. Uh, but all through this, we had massive construction, but we kind of get to see the fruits of that labor, right? We get to be in here, and you're thinking, well, that's just construction. Think about it. It's, it's one of those things where we're investing for the future. We're saying, you know, we want to you know, make it important that we're, we're coming together, and we're investing in what we're doing together, Right? And you think about the ministries that have gone on. I, I was able to be a part of Food Pantry pretty much all last year, and that changed throughout the year. For a long time, if you were here on Tuesday mornings, there'd be cars lined up, right, around 8 o'clock, 7.45. And we'd have people going, it's like Chick-fil-A, they're going, every, it's like, how many people are in your household? How many people are in your household? And when they're ready, they're gone. We, we, had, a, we had a system, but it's, it's been radically different because now we have people actually able to come back into the building. And then we're actually able to have more conversation, have more time spent together. The youth ministry looks completely different, right? Last year, we were still working through, okay, what can we do? What can't we do? I was looking through old photos. Our Christmas party last year was in the back area. We're all wearing masks, and we're trying to just semi have a good time like we used to, but it was just different. But fast forward to this year, we were able to have the Christmas party at Diane's house, right? Things look radically different. I meant to bring the calendar up here. Michelle, uh, in our office, has this big calendar where we write down all the events. And about from January to right around June, there was like nothing. Just empty boxes, except for May. A really, really exciting thing happened in May. The grout was cleaned in May. That's the only, like, it's kind of it's funny. If you go to May, the only thing that's written down is grout cleaning. And that's just sad, right? But slowly and slowly, things started popping up on the calendar. Slowly, there was more youth group stuff happening in the summertime. We were able to get together and enjoy each other's time and fellowship. There was things like the fall festival, 
the chili cook-off we had out here, the outdoor movie night, the Christmas fellowship, things started popping up on the calendar, and I was like, man, this is refreshing to see boxes filled in with stuff going on. Things did change. And why do I mention this? Why do I bring up the past? Okay, we're thriving again. Why do I bring all this up? Because I think it's easy to look at things and be disappointed. It's easy to look at things and wish they were different because they're not exactly how you expect them to be. But when we do that, we lose perspective on what's actually taken place. Taking a moment and reflecting and saying, how far have we come this year? How far, what have we been doing this year that's been awesome? that God has truly blessed in, in the ministries and the things that are happening. It is so good to see things happening again, right? You can talk back to me. It's okay. It's good to see things happening again, right? It's good to be meeting together. It's good to be becoming together. And I say all this, I think about 2021, and I say all these things are good, but I don't want to get the wrong idea. Okay, so have this in your mind. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians this morning, okay? So open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to get to chapter 3 eventually. Just bear with me. We've got a lot of scripture to go through. So we're going to start out here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 2 through 9 to get some context, okay? So read along with me. Well, don't read it out loud. This is a, this is a lot of, of scripture. So just read it with me in your minds. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all kinds of knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our, our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. That is, <clears throat> excuse me, incredibly high praise from Paul, right? If you're, the, if you're the Corinthian church, you're seeing, therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift. That's a pretty cool thing to say about somebody, right? Jesus Christ has been revealed to you. You're, he will keep uh, you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are some, a lot of good things happening here in the Corinthian church. But just like anybody, there's some correction that needs to take place. Let's continue reading uh, verses 10 through 13. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and, and that there are no divisions among you, but that you are perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. And still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? And I, I know that this is a common trap today still, okay? This was something that was kind of nerdy, but I was in the Bible department at Harding University, and different Bible teachers almost had their little disciples, right? You would have the disciples of Dr. Uh, Monty Cox, right, who would want to have all of his classes, and they'd follow him around, and they'd, and they'd seem like little disciples of Monty Cox, and there would be little of Ken Neller, who, who passed away tragically several years ago, but there were little groups that would follow Ken Neller. 
And for me, my guy was Dr. Youngblood. I just loved that guy. He was so wise, and, and, and I found myself trying to register for as many classes as I could. And I, and I see this as a truth. Sometimes we do the exact same thing in churches, right? We have our little groups where we follow certain people. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think there are people that we connect with in, in, a, in a deep way. I love to listen to Josh Graves. He's a preacher over in Nashville at the Otter Creek Church, and I love the way he communicates. But you see, Paul is talking about a problem with that. Can you follow the, my, my logic here? There can be a problem when you follow the person and not teaching that they're teaching. Am I right? There can be a problem when there's little disciples around this person and this person, and they're foregoing the actual cross they're speaking of. Let's look deeply at what Paul is saying here, okay? There's a specific message that Paul says over and over and over throughout his preaching, and especially in Corinthians, because it seems that they were struggling with this idea, okay? The Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Over and over again, Paul is saying, this is what's important. It's not about me. It's not about Apollos. It's not about Cephas. It's about Christ and Christ crucified. Are you with me? And it seems that the, people, the Corinthian church were missing the story and were involved with the storyteller. And Paul is being very clear. We can't miss this. We can't get this twisted because it's very important. Continuing on, as we talk about this, Paul defines two separate groups of people. Okay, and we're going to read about them here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, and cannot understand them because they are dis, uh, discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. Very, very important emphasis there. Not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Okay? Two separate distinctions of people. People without the Spirit consider the Spirit of God foolishness. And people with the Spirit have the mind of Christ. And did you see what Paul said about the people who have the Spirit? Recognize that human judgments are just human judgments, Right? What human thoughts are, they're just human thoughts. But when you have the Spirit and you're filled with the Spirit, you're able to think more like Christ. And that's what we're striving to be. Okay? We are not the type of people who are going to get wrapped up in human arguments. We're, about the, we're the type of people who are getting wrapped up in the cross. Am I right? About the crucifixion. And we want to be those people that Paul is talking about here. So, with all of this in mind, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as the people who live by the Spirit. Reminder, he could not address them in this way. But as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, and not mere human. Are you not mere human beings? Paul is not willing to move off this argument. Okay, I think this is significant. He's saying, you lack maturity so much so that you are just following humans for what humans say, and not following the cross and what Christ says about that. Continuing on. What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants 
through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each of you a task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants it nor the one who waters it is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And, and as I was preparing this morning, and as I was thinking, well, not this morning, weeks ago, right? This is a New Year sermon. About this, and I was really thinking about 2021, I was taken aback by just how relevant this message is to me. Not so much in the sense that I'm, I'm following after a certain person for what that certain person says, but I can kind of get wrapped up in things that don't really matter all that much. Has anybody ever felt that way? I can get wrapped up in the things that, you know, are important, but are not important, right? Underline, bold, italicize, important. And Paul is getting at the crux of the matter is the cross is what's important. It's not about what I do. It's not about what you do. It's about what we do together that God waters to turn into something great. It's not the one that plants. It's not the one that waters. It's the one that is, it's about God who makes it all grow together, And this is so relevant because it's a reminder to me that there's no such thing as a perfect program, right? Or a perfect ministry. Or a perfect minister or a perfect volunteer. We're all looking for this perfect thing, right? If only we had this type of facility. If only we had this type of ministry or kids ministry or adult ministry or minister or youth minister. We could finally get to this certain destination that we don't really even understand in our minds. If only we had the perfect person in place. That's fool's gold, people. Because if people are involved, nothing's going to be perfect. And I, and I don't want to overstate this. I don't want to say that we have nothing to do with this because I think it's really important to, to underscore what Paul says here. That we are co-workers in God's service. It's not about me. And it's not really about you. It's about what we can collectively do together as we glorify God in God's ministries, Right? We are co-workers in God's service. But my question is, how do we go about doing this? How do we go about taking this idea where we're not necessarily lifting up people, but lifting up God and recognizing what God is doing in and through people? How do we get to this place where we can be co-workers in God's service? I have three ideas this morning, and they kind of go together. This is the one that really kind of slapped me across the face as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that God makes things grow. Sometimes in ministry, we can think a lot of ourselves. I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about everybody. If if we have a ministry that's doing well, we want to think that we did it. Am I wrong? (laughs) Sometimes we want to think that, oh, since I said those perfect words, I said the perfect prayer, people came to know God because of me. That's not the way it works, right? God makes things grow. God makes people do things. And yes, there are very talented people in this room right now. And yes, God uses those people, but it's not about them. It's about what God does in and through them. I have a couple photos here. One of my favorite things is tree stump art. Anybody ever seen this before? A lot of times these guys or girls will take chainsaws to tree stumps and do incredible things. Have you ever seen this? I saw somebody at a fair doing this one time, and I saw a finished project, and I saw where he started, and it's like, how did you look at this tree stump and see this bear? 
right? How, how are you able to envision this? This is one of my favorites right here. Look at how beautiful this artwork is with a chainsaw. This isn't like, you know, little tiny chisels, right? This guy is using a gasoline-powered chainsaw to do something incredible. I think I got one more here. Yeah, a nice bald eagle, I think. Um, I can't do this. But when I thought about this image of God doing something through people, this is what came to mind. Because a lot of times these artists, they work with trees that have been struck by lightning, right? They, they, they work with trees that are considered dead. But they look at a dead tree and they say, you know what, I think I can make something beautiful out of that. And when I read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I see God working in and through us as co-workers together. And he's making us grow. And he's making the little things that we do amount to something much bigger than we ever could realize. The little things that you do, God can make grow. The little conversations that you have are like these tree stumps where God's like, I bet you I can take a chainsaw and make that look like a bald eagle. Incredible things God can do in and through people. But it's not about you. It's about God doing something through you. And I'm not diminishing your talents. Because I think God uses our talents to do something incredible. But recognizing that God is making it grow, honestly, takes a lot of pressure off me. Because if God's in charge of what's going on in my life, it's not about my efforts. It's not about my strength. It's not about my abilities. It's about God doing something in and through me. Take, the, take this role off of our minds. The second thing is to redefine success. Now, one of my least favorite things to do is to hang out with other youth ministers. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. I hate, I hate it sometimes. Do? We get in a circle and we say, what are you doing uh, this summer? Oh, we're going to you know, this mission trip, and I'm bringing 60 students, and oh, we, we did this ministry, and it was so, such a blessing. We baptized 1,000 people. Those are crazy numbers. I know. I'm just throwing them out there. But in those conversations, guess what happens a lot of time? A lot of shame comes on somebody, or a lot of pride comes on somebody else. We should stop having those conversations. I'm calling myself out. I, I hate the numbers game, and a lot of times in churches, we find success by how many people are sitting here, how many people come to an event, how many things are accomplished, how many thing, people are baptized. But that's not success, right? That is not success. I think God can do incredible things, and sometimes God does bless you in that way. But I know there are plenty of times, plenty of conversations that I had with people where it's like, only God was able to do that, and it has no reflection of numbers or, or money or anything else. But I saw God working in that moment. Redefine success. Ask God to show you what he's doing and see how he's working through you right now. Because these toxic conversations do nothing for anybody. It actually probably does more for the work of Satan than it does for Christ. So let's redefine success. And the last thing, and I want to underscore this as, as, as deeply as I can, thrive together. Come together, co-workers in God's service. Thriving together is important. Man is not meant to be alone. Man is not meant to do these things as the individual. Whatever you're doing, and this is something that I saw last year, whatever you're doing, use your network to reach other people. My small network right now is you guys, and I'm building a smaller network over at Bayside High School. I substitute teach over there. I do the announcing for boys soccer, and I'm going to do the announcing for boys baseball. If you want entertainment, come see me in February. Um, <laughs> 
But it's a tiny, tiny environment. But I've been able to have prayer and conversation with those people in that little tiny network I've built. And that says nothing about me. It says everything about God putting those people in my life. And guess what? There are hundreds of networks in this church that we don't know about yet. Thrive together. Bring somebody along with you and say, hey, let's go do this little thing that might mean nothing, but see what God can do with it. That's thriving together. Co-workers in God's kingdom. And honestly, kind of going a little bit further, I think every time we come together, we're thriving together. Even when we're out there eating chili together, we're thriving. Even when we're watching a silly movie together, we're thriving. Even when we're just eating here, because everything that we do, I think, together shows us the gospel in a little bit more clarity. Because when I'm here and I'm eating food, I get to see so many people serving. I get to see Miss Mary and Miss Dot, you know, serving us food, right? And I get to see their, their, their die-hard service attitude and saying, that's gospel, when I come here on Tuesdays and I see Chip and Johnny doing whatever they want to do with, uh, with power tools and, and Chuck, it's like these guys are so quietly moving through, but they're serving. That's gospel. And when I see Linda making sure I turn in all my receipts, she's not here. She's, she might be watching. I can just see her heart of service working in that. And that's gospel. When we are together, we are reflecting the gospel together. And I want to encourage us to keep doing that. Keep bringing that spirit so that we can thrive together. And I'm so thankful David's here too because it's almost like we have this satellite of thriving happening in a completely different country. And if you're watching online and you want to donate to Mountaintop Ministries, you can go to our website, melcoc.org, and uh, make sure that you uh, visit, okay? But we have these networks that we're all doing together, and it's all gospel. And I just pray that we can see this as an identity. Yes, we are thriving together, and we are co-workers in God's kingdom. It's not about who's preaching. This has nothing to do with it. It's not about the person. It's about what God is doing through all of us together. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time for giving us uh, this example here in 1 Corinthians, where sometimes we can get caught up in the person or the program, and we totally disregard what you're doing in and through people. God, help us to not do that. Help us to make a large, large magnifying glass in what you're doing in our lives and make less of ourselves. Not to diminish the talents and abilities you've given us, but to see what you are doing through those talents and abilities. God, help us to thrive together as a church community as we go from this place today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you have any needs, this is the time where we invite you to come forward. If you need to talk to somebody, I encourage you, make that day today that you talk to somebody. Won't you come while we stand and sing?